and welcome to the Q York podcast, brought to you from our local church in the beautiful city of York in the UK. The message you're about to hear is from one of our services, which also feature great live music and relevant movie clips. These can all be found on our blog, so to make sure you're getting the full experience, feel free to head over to qyork.co.uk and select blog to find the relevant content. There's also a huge selection of talks and live music videos on our media page, as well as a donate button if you'd like to show your appreciation and enable us to keep producing free content like this. Finally, to stay up to date on new blogs and events at Q, you can sign up for emails by filling in your name and email address at the bottom of any page on the website. But right now, it's time for the message. Morning, everyone. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that video. I mean, there's there's hundreds and hundreds of these things on the internet. It's hilarious when you get looking into it. But um, just want to welcome you all this morning to Q, and I hope you've all had a good week. Um, and this morning we're going to be following on a little bit from last week, where uh, Jenny and Danny talked about um, how serious is this God business. And Danny touched on, um, well, they both talked about how we can be quite, sometimes we can be over serious and sometimes we can be not as serious as we should be. And Danny talked about being lighthearted. And um, at the end, Jenny touched on about how we're carrying things. And it got me thinking about the weight of what we carry and what it is we carry in our lives. And it made me think about, for me, it's about expectations. Um, and we carry a lot of expectations, don't we? Um, particularly in this age of social media when everything is just so out there for everyone to see. I feel like there's a lot of expectations that we can carry. Um, and that can be the expectations that we have of others, the expectations that others have of us, and the expectations that we put on ourselves. But expectations are a part of life. They're not necessarily a bad thing. So you're expected to go to work and do your job so you can get paid. You know, you're expected to... If, well, let's hope that anyway. And you're expected as a parent to get up and parent your children, you know, and feed them, look after them and all that stuff. So what is it that makes expectations a heavy burden to bear? And I think it's when those expectations have, can have a judgmental force behind them. And the driving force behind them can be something that's actually about gaining and about, um, you know, when I get this, I'll be happy, or when this happens, things will be all right. And that can really get us into a bit of a downward spiral sometimes. Um, so, yeah, you know, we live in the hashtag blessed culture, social media, you know, a picture-perfect view of what life could be like in any given, you know, in that moment. But we don't always see what's going on behind closed doors, do we? You know, I'm expected to be a good mum, a great worker, have a clean house, be a good wife, be a good daughter. You know, the list goes on, <laughs> and it can be exhausting. So, but what if you fail? What happens if you fail? So, a couple of years ago, in March 19, Anf and Chris talked about a quest for joy. And this morning, we're going to carry on a little bit with that quest. Um, Chris, in particular, talked about brain psychology, and that the stress center of our brain uses two-thirds of its neurons to detect negativity and to store it in our long-term memory. But that's why it's so much easier to remember something negative, yeah? We tend to gravitate to that a little bit because your anxieties and your fears and all that can, can cling on to it. But 
it's actually harder sometimes to remember something positive, which I thought was really interesting, so I wouldn't have thought that. Um, and there's actually, I've been listening to a thing called Boot Camp for Your Brain, and they talk a bit about this in that, and that your brain, your choice part of your brain is actually split into two sections. So you've got the system one part of your brain, which is your quick thinking, your reactionary um, part of your brain. You've got the system two part of your brain, which is more like your long-term memory and the long-term experiences. And this is where our biases are formed. This is where everything that we've been filtered in our lives and experience, that's where that, that, that pool comes in. And um, there's a woman called Barbara Fredrickson, I think that's her name. She came up with a thing called the positivity ratio or the joy ratio and how the brain stores emotions. And it can take, apparently, three positive emotions is the equivalent weight of one negative emotion. And our joy ratio is actually three to one. So therefore, it actually takes effort to be joyful. And it's <laughs> it means you've got to kind of balance that out, which I thought was brilliant and, and explains an awful lot sometimes about what moaning myrtles we can be, to be quite honest. And there was a quote that I liked to sort of explain this quite well. And it says, when we reach this tipping point, our perspective is more broad in general. We see opportunities may have been missed and we believe we can make them work for us. We also see more beauty in the world and have more appreciation for it. Our ability to manage stress in general increases, so we are less likely to fall into a downward spiral of reactivity. But when it comes to negativity, you know, and on this, this ratio thing. I think maybe that's what Anthony Chris talked about in this, this preach, about thriving and striving. And we can get stuck into striving. You know, you know what does that level of expectation do us to, an internal, to us internally? The pressure to succeed, the pressure to gain control of our lives, the pressure to be someone we're just not wired to be sometimes. The great pursuit of happiness. You know, when I get X, I will be happy. When I achieve X, I will be happy. And we're kind of formulated in this, this society, in our world, to so, sort of, it's good to have goals and ambitions, but when they become the absolute driving force of your life, that I'm not gonna be okay until I've reached retirement and then I can do all the things that make me happy. I mean, it's a pretty depressing life, isn't it, to do that? Uh, so, and ironically, it's exhausting being on that hamster wheel, as I'd call it. So why do we waste so much of our energy striving instead of thriving, and we need to kind of put more of our efforts into experiencing joy. We need to invest into that pool of joy, because joy is actually as essential to our being as breathing. I actually believe it's sort of, it, it's really made me think actually what I believe joy is, you know, looking into all this, because, you know, we can, I think happiness and laughter are part of that, but I think you can be going through some difficult times in your life and you can still have joy. I think it's something like it's an inward thing. It's not about your external gratifications. It's about pooling something within you from the goodness of God that, that you can draw from and that actually helps and aids you. So what happens, you know, when the dream you felt entitled to crashes down? What happens when that relationship you've strived for ends in divorce? What happens if we get ill or someone close to us does? What happens when we don't feel worthy enough? You know, that's a, a big thing, you know, in church, isn't it? A lot of people I know who've grown up in religious circles have felt like that you have to earn your worthiness. But, and what happened to you in lockdown here? I mean, crikey, we've had 
a total example of this in recent years when the rug was totally taken from under our feet. You know, where did that leave you standing? I mean, I know for me it was big, quite wobbly. You know, we can't simply keep living in this delusion that joy is measured by what we have and that happiness is a thing we gain. We have to find a way out of that stream of thought. Hang on. I'm trying a new thing this week with my notes. So one thing Chris talked about, which should be on the next slide, is a thing called Mind the Gap. And I thought it'd be good to, like, um, repeat that a bit this morning. So I think I'd actually forgotten about it. I think it's actually a really important strategy to kind of start looking for things a bit more positively in your life. And she talked about uh, the gap stands for gratitude, awareness, and perspective. So it's about nurturing that long-term memory, nurturing that system two-part memory where, where you're you know, quick thinking choices dip into. You know, we need to make sure what we've got inside is something that we can tap into that's going to, you know, bring positive change in our lives or, like, just give us some something, you know, to work with in those moments. And so it's about being more grateful. I thought that was really good. And I asked the guy at work, actually, what he thought joy was. And he talked about a son of his who's particularly a bit of an Eeyore and, uh, and, he, and he tends to lean a bit more towards sort of melancholy and he said what they've started doing with him is every evening they say, what are you grateful for? And they're trying to help him understand to see things a little differently. And I thought that was really sweet. So I think that's, once you start looking at the things that are good, you find them, you will find them, even, even, and I can say this from my own experience, even from really dark times, you can still find gratefulness. And it's about having awareness of those things. And, and I think that then ultimately helps change your perspective a little bit helps you manage things a bit better. Because it's just like exercising a muscle. You know, we eat well to be healthy. We exercise to keep our bodies well. But what about our inner parts? What are we doing to exercise those? Because joy is just like a muscle to be exercised and built up. And it takes effort. So um, a few years ago, some of you may know, I went through particularly my own journey of darkness. And I'd had a series of circumstances that just left me in a bit of a hole, and I didn't really see much joy around me, if I'm honest. And I got a card from a friend. I've talked about this before, so sorry if I'm repeating myself. But I got a card from a friend, and it was, it was a real poignant thing, actually. And it was, it was all black. And then right in the middle of it, there was a piece of silver foil. And it said in it, um, look for the silver linings in each day. And that actually became a bit of a strategy for me, a bit like this gratitude uh, mind the gap is that I had to every day you know rather than just wallow so much in my pain I thought what can I see in each day that's given that day purpose that's given that moment something and I remember in particular I was I was at my sister-in-law's house and I went and played football in the back alley with my nephew and just for that 10 minutes you know it just felt I felt good and it felt lovely and I felt a, 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 a my heart bursting you know that there's something in that that gave that moment gravitas and I started tapping into that a little bit more each day and looking for those silver linings. Um, so I think the next slide I wanted to put up, I've, I just loved this. And I think this kind of explains it quite nicely. To live your life, sing your song, not full of expectation, not for the ovations, but for the joy of it. Um, and my challenge, I think, to everyone this week is maybe you need to try and have a little bit of a mind the gap. You know, what is it that you're grateful for in each day? Maybe at the end of each day, at the beginning of each day, whatever. You need to start looking for those sort of things that spark joy in your life. You know, the thing that made that day worth having, be grateful for it. What made you smile? What made you laugh? Because laughter is 
it's so good. And I think Ruth's going to touch on that a little bit this morning. What made you think? But not just the superficial stuff, because we can't just be papering over the cracks a little bit. The stuff that made your heart burst and the thing that in that moment stitched up some of the broken stuff. And there was another quote I heard this week, which I loved. And it's, see the world, I see the world, is jolted by events that are wonderful and terrible, gorgeous and tragic. And I can't reconcile that contradiction, but I'm beginning to realize that these opposites don't cancel each other out. Life is beautiful and it's so, so hard. And it's a bit like we've been talking about in recent weeks, isn't it, about the light and darkness. And I believe that joy is in it all. And it's present in you, it's comforting you, and it's healing you. So stop pursuing happiness and start learning and exercising the fulfillment of joy. A deep-centered knowing that even in the dark, there is a goodness to be found. The goodness of God in everything. And I think there's power in that. Good morning. Um, hi, I'm going to come back to that video in a moment, um, but I just wanted to start off by revisiting something um, Danny shared. It was just a while ago, not too long ago, about um, a parable he shared about an elephant and some blind men. Um, I just, I'm just going to read it. A group of blind men who have never come across an elephant before learn and imagine what the elephant is like by touching it. Each blind man feels a different part of the elephant's body and then describes the elephant based on their limited experience. Their descriptions of the elephant are different from each other. Um, the, moral, the moral of this parable is that humans have a tendency to claim absolute truth based on their limited subjective experience as they ignore other people's limited subject, subjective experiences, which may be equally true. Um, so here at Q, we do present many different people's descriptions of different part of this elephant. Um, and um, Danny, at that point, when I talked about that, I think he also reminded us of the picture of the Baobab tree, which I don't think you can see over there. It's beautiful. Claire, who was talking before, painted it. Um, and the tree is, is so... We've got the lights on brilliant, so you can see it. The, um, the tree is so big that lots of people have to join hands to surround that tree. And it says on it that wisdom um, is like a Baobab tree and no one person can embrace it. Um, so basically, um, it needs lots of us, and I'm here with my bit of the elephant um, to describe the experiences I've had with joy, with joy and laughter. Um, so we've got like a pot of wisdom here at Kew, and this is my contribution to it. Um, it's a vast topic. Um, so I just need to make one thing clear, that I'm not here to make you laugh. I'm, I'm not a comedian, and Beth is very good at that. I don't think she's here today. She's a comedian, but um, I want to describe why I think laughter is powerful. Um, that video, it showed um, the health clinic, it described the medical benefits of laughter. And there are so many, I've just written a few more down, about stimulating our organs, soothing tension, improving our immune system, relieving pain, because laughter causes the body to produce natural painkillers, uh, makes it easier to cope with difficult situations and there's just many more benefits of it. Um, so yeah, so the medical profession recognises the benefits of laughter and so does the Bible. I've got, um, there's a Bible verse that I was going, we're going to put up. Um, so the Bible tells us that a merry heart does good like a medicine. So um, it's recognised in the Bible as being very beneficial. Um, 
And I said, I said I was going to talk about joy and laughter. So you might be thinking, do I think they're the same thing? No, I don't think they're the same thing, but I think laughter can be a sign of joy, and I think it can be a precursor to joy. Um, I, I just think that joy is its part of the nature of God, um, who he is, um, but laughter is a more temporary thing, whereas joy lasts. I think it's like a state of, of being, really. Um, we've got another couple of scriptures uh, on joy as well. So the joy of the Lord is my strength. And then we've got another one. In your presence there is fullness of joy. These scriptures have actually been real help to me on my journey. They're things that I've kind of held with me over the years. Um, well, I, I think that joy is available to us um, all the time. I think it's just here and God wants us to have it unlimited. But... My take on this, like my bit of the elephant you want to say, is I feel like we push it away. I feel like we kind of resist letting it in. Um, and I think it's just there for us, but it's us kind of stopping it. And I think it's due to like the belief systems we have and the thoughts we think that are kind of stopping us letting it in. Um, so the question to me then is, how do we stop pushing it away and let that fullness of joy in that is the presence of God? And I do believe that laughter can play a big part in that. Um, but also, I was talking with Jenny, we were talking about Patch Adams, which we've shown quite a few clips of the film. There's a film made of it with Robin Williams. We've shown quite a few clips. But he is a real man, Patch Adams, and he was a doctor that used uh, laughter therapy as part of his treatment. Um, and Jen, we were talking about it, and Jenny said, oh, yeah, the, apart from laughter at his clinic, there's also medicine. So, it, you know, laughter works with medicine. Well... My take of, of medicine in this kind of scenario, I think it's um, the challenge in our negative thoughts and the belief systems on a, on a daily basis. And I think that's how we're kind of taking our medicine. We don't just accept them, but we look to establish new, healthier thought patterns. Um, we had um, a meeting a few weeks ago when I spoke about what I thought on that. It's on the website called What's On Your Mind. And I talked about um, the choice points where we might be on a negative thought pattern. Do we, and do we choose to kind of stop and think, right, am I going to continue with that? Or we can choose to just come and connect with our inner being and interrupt those like thoughts. Um, and that's, I think, kind of the medicine side. Um, but also, I do think that laughter can add to that medicine like massively and speed up their healing process. Um, so if we learn to challenge our negative thoughts in conjunction with learning to laugh more, then the two together can help us to start letting go of some of our resistance, start allowing more of God's joy in. Um, I, think, like, I do think laughter's powerful. It's, it's worked for me. It helped me a lot on my journey. And I, I kind of thought, what do I think is happening when we're laughing that makes it powerful? And I, I kind of felt like, I think we kind of surrender to the moment in it. We come focused on the laughing, forgetting about other things and letting go temporarily. I think our like, defences come down and we're able to let more of God in. That's, that's sort of my take on it. Um, and I do think we can let levels of joy in, um, learn to, to let more in by laughing and taking out our medicine, as you know what I mean by the medicine. Uh, but if you're used to having like low moods and depression, probably not going to suddenly let floods of joy in. But I think we can learn to like gradually up, up our joy intake. It takes, um, it's an effort thing, like, like Claire said, we have to practice it. It's like opening a valve and allowing more and more of God in. Um, 
Last week, I mentioned Danny again, talked about light, being light-hearted. Um, and part of that, was, I think, being light-hearted is learning to laugh at ourselves. And I, I've got to say, I'm not too good at that. I don't find that easy. I take myself a bit too seriously. Um, Jenny talked last week, she told a story about at work that um, one of the members of Stafford left. And um, she was left with um, sort of a gap to fill and she had a beautiful pretty folder and um, she, but she quickly came aware that she wasn't it, it, she wasn't sure what she was doing with it and then um, Connie had a look that works with her and she didn't know what she was doing with it either but she said what I thought was key was Jenny said oh we laughed and I thought well that's wonderful I think probably that lightened it and they probably then worked towards finding some solutions whereas I've got to be honest I don't think my first reaction would have been to laugh I think it would have been panic that's that's kind of where I'm at if I'm honest um I don't like making mistakes um oh that I'm, I am starting to try to teach myself to laugh at myself more but I don't like making mistakes but if you don't want to make mistakes I think that leads for quite a restricted life if we don't put ourselves in situations where we could make mistakes um I was um, working teaching assistant in school and I was helping with year six sats a couple of weeks ago and I was in a different part of the school and there was a poster on the wall and it said, if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying hard enough. And um, I thought that's, that's, I thought that was good because we, we need to make, we need to make mistakes, learn to make mistakes. But if we're going to make mistakes and be prepared, that's part of our life. I think we've got to learn to laugh at ourselves and be more lighthearted. Otherwise I can't sort of handle that like, like I'm learning myself. Um, I was on a walk, um, not a couple of weeks ago, and I had a thought. I thought, some of the things that happened to me that get me all upset and um, cross or whatever, um, if I was watching this on a TV program or a film, I'd probably be laughing my head off at the, what was happening to that person, but it doesn't seem that easy when it's um, yourself. Um, anyway, I carried on. I was on my walk, carried on my walk. It was around a lake, and there was a big branch out into the middle of the lake, and I just had this desire. I wanted to walk out into the lake on the branch, and um, anyway, I, um, I, I did, and it was sort of quite a bit risky. I got out there, and I felt like I was in the middle of the lake, and then I walked all the way back. I didn't fall in. I was like, really proud of myself, and I started walking up the path, and I fell over on my face, right in the mud, and then, um, like, you're kind of laughing now, but I wasn't laughing at the time. I thought, well, how are you doing? You know, you've done all this. You didn't fall off, and then you fall in the mud. But then I, I remembered the thought. If you'd been watching that in a film, Ruth, you would have laughed at it. So I kind of made myself laugh at myself a bit, and I did feel that more light-hearted. <laughs> and it, no, it actually did. It, it did help. I've got to, It's effortful, though. We've got to learn these things. You've put some effort in to learn these skills. So um, it's, I'm starting small, but, you know, we work, start small, and we work up um, so depending where we are in life and what our journey has been we do have to put some effort into it um, so right to finish in the spirit of patch adams i would say keep taking your medicine which is i think is challenging our negative thought patterns not just accepting them questioning our thoughts and then also conjunction with this like learning to laugh at yourself life and just find things that make your proper belly laugh really really laugh um i'm going to finish the tech team of putting up a friends clip which over the years friends like have gone to it like for laughter therapy i think over the years it's really it's really helped me it's made me laugh and cry it's one i think i've come to realize i think my humor choice is kind of slapstick um maybe that's why i would have laughed at myself falling in the mud um but 
it might not be our choice of humour, so sorry if it doesn't make you laugh, but there is things that make us all laugh. Just find the things that make you laugh and take your medicine as well. Okay, thank you. Good morning. Um, that dam in that film, Frozen 2, which is a wonderful, wonderful film, um, the people were told that that dam was a gift of peace. But during the film... What they discover, the two sisters, Anna and Elsa, is that it was actually a trick and it was a lie and it wasn't a gift of peace at all and was actually creating a lot of problems and, and those problems were generational. Um, and in the film, that dam represented some things that I thought were probably some of the reasons why we have walls too. Things that seem like peace, but it's the sort of peace that gets us temporary, not permanent resolution. So it represented in the film, um, and for us it can represent this too, what is built when we opt for fear over connection and trust, when we choose self-interest above the interest of the whole, when we betray our own words and agreements that we've made, and when we choose to pass on a story as a truth when we know it's not the full story to protect what we hold dear, regardless of the consequences. And people do this. Um, we do this, groups do this, and we build our damn walls. Um, now, the word transcend, I've been thinking about that a lot this week, and it usually we associate it with going higher, beyond, past the limits of, sometimes in experience or in knowledge. We like to transcend. Um, but what if it could mean that the trance ends? That there could be something that happens in our life when the trance of everything we chase after, everything that we look for, all the delusions we build and the lies we build, we could end that trance and we could actually see things as they really are, ourselves as we really are, others as they really are, and accept a reality and in that find joy as a constant state of being rather than always being at the mercy of our expectations being met or not met or our preferences. This, there was a quote that um, someone put in our chat this week. I think it was you, Joel. True joy is a limitless, life-defining, transformative reservoir waiting to be tapped into. It requires the utmost surrender and like love, is a choice to be made, which is what Claire and Ruth were both talking about, the effort that we can make. And some of the things that we think are helping us are not actually helping us. They're creating a peace, but it's not peace. Um, and I happened to hear something this morning where it said, when you accept the things you cannot change, that in itself is a change, which I thought was quite brilliant. And sometimes we have to, just like the, the best bit in that clip is the bit where she says, we've got to do this. And then that soldier just gets his shield and he's bring it on. And sometimes we actually have to invite the wrecking balls, however intimidating, to knock down what is no longer needed and allow things to break that, we're, that are containing our historic narratives and let the life flow. But it looks quite a terrifying moment when it happens. And you may have heard in psychology, there's something called an emotional cup. And it talks about how in life we should be cultivating the things that we can put in our emotional cup to be full. And again, it's what Claire and Ruth were talking about. But a number of you will also become, be very familiar with the Psalm 23, the Lord's my shepherd, where it talks about an experience of my cup runs over. And we all 
want an experience where we think, yeah, my cup in life is running over. And we discount so much in our lives and forget to regularly recount the things to be thankful for, grateful for, to laugh at, to be proud of, to share, to encourage. And I just wonder this morning whether we can start to recount some of the things in our life to add it up differently and to come to some different conclusions. Now, some of us were taught a definition for joy. Here we go. See if you recognize this. Jesus first, others second, yourself last. Now, for some of you, that really worked. For me, that was one of the most destructive things in my life ever because it actually taught me to be separate, to be silent, to be invisible, and to not value myself highly enough at times in my life when I needed to count myself in. And the Christ story is absolutely overflowingly joyful in its inclusivity because you get to count yourself in. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We're included in the all. That's that's the joy of it. But we don't always feel it. And you may not have had your expectations met. And you may not be meeting your own expectations of yourself. You may have negative thoughts and negative behaviors. And you may have a melancholy that weighs very heavily on you. But if you will breathe into the fear, perhaps invite some wrecking balls to come and break down some of your walls, stay connected and embrace the truth, however uncomfortable, um, I believe with my whole heart that you will be found. Um, In Frozen 2, there's another song, which we've heard before here, and it's sung by Anna. And she's lost in a cave, surrounded by earth giants. I can really relate to when there are earth giants. And they represent much in our lives. She believes her loved ones have died and she does not know who will direct her path now or who she is rising for. But she hears a tiny voice saying, you must go on and do the next right thing. And these are some of the lyrics. I won't look too far ahead. It's too much for me to take. But break it down to this next breath. This next step, this next choice is one that I can make. And I really believe that's true for us all this morning. Make the next choice. um, And then let's see where that journey takes us all. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. Now, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, then we would love to hear from you. Feel free to drop us an email to info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. Don't forget there are blogs and all sorts of media to be enjoyed at qyork.co.uk, which are welcome to browse at your leisure. Until next time, enjoy the quest. <laughs>